I'm so excited for you to listen to today's episode. Not only is today my birthday, so if you want to make my day and send me a message, go right ahead. But today's interview is very different from my traditional shows because this is a hot seat double interview. I guess that's what I'm calling it. My good friend and brand strategist, Robin Graham, agreed to come on the show and ask me some triggering, juicy questions, and I'm asking her some great questions as well. And here's the thing. We have no idea what the questions are. Is Robin going to ask me about Instagram or about running a business or about my obsession with Loki? Who knows? The whole point of this format is to show you that entrepreneurship is super vulnerable and messy and hard with so many ups and downs. We get into branding, communication, pivotal moments in our businesses, comparisonitis, and we also have some fun talking about our dreams. We definitely mention some of our favorite entrepreneurs like Ed Milet and Kathy Heller, and you know Tom Hiddleston is mentioned as well. So sit back, relax, and listen to a real, authentic chat about entrepreneurship, social media, podcasting, and everything else in between. Hey there, Mom Boss. Welcome to the Social Media for Mompreneurs podcast, where we dive into Instagram, personal branding, marketing hacks, and content creation strategies, all while balancing family life. And don't forget, we do it the fun and easy way. I'm Allison Scholes, once a corporate marketing coordinator, a teacher, and now podcaster and coach. And yes, I'm that boss lady in sweatpants. Go ahead and hand out the kids' tablets, open those juice boxes, grab your coffee or wine, and hide in your closet. Let's get this party started. All right, Robin, are you ready for this hot seat double interview? (laughs) Oh, I'm ready, but I'm a little (laughs) bit nervous. You know what? I'm nervous too, because I don't know what you're going to ask me. And I have some great questions to ask you. So let's just dive right into this great conversation. (laughs) I cannot wait to hear what you're going to ask me. So I, this is so fun because we're going in this completely blind. So (laughs) yes, completely blind. So, and I think my first question is I started kind of with an easy one, but they get a little deeper and a little more vulnerable as we go. So All right. So let's start with your first question. Robin, in your own words, what does branding mean to you? Oh, in my own words, it is branding to me is communicating how you are different from everyone else in your space. So your personal brand is what everyone else thinks, says, and feels about you. So your branding or branding is how you communicate you're different, how you're different, your unique skills, abilities, your why, all of those things about who you are so that you can create that perception and begin to control what your brand is, what other people think, say, and feel about you. I love that answer. And I love how you threw in communicating. Cause don't you feel that as entrepreneurs are trying to build their business and they're trying to establish their brand they're really just kind of focused and thinking on like the visual aspects of their brand. And they don't think about that communication piece. Yes. There is a lot of confusion around that. It's, we tend to think of a logo as our brand. We tend to think of our color palette as our brand, but the reality is those are a component. Those are our assets. They help us or help others identify us and help us be more recognizable. But at the end of the day, through all of those aspects, you know, you're, you're controlling how other people feel about you. And that's the key. 
is taking that control to really differentiate yourself so that you can show exactly how you can help someone that no one else is going to be able to help them that exact same way. It's really creating that perception of the relationship they could potentially have with you. And when you talk about communicating, that's like very different aspects, correct? That's you're talking about the way you write, how you speak, your mannerisms and videos, like communication is like that overarching umbrella, correct? Yeah. It's, it's really telling your story. And I, I hate to get into the whole like brand storytelling and, you know, those methods and things like that, but it, it's really coming from that authentic place within yourself to educate people on who you are, what you do, how you do it and what makes you different. And we do that through different ways. We do it through photography. We do it through those brand assets, you know, our color palette, there's so much to color psychology. So that color palette is important because it says a lot about your personality. And then, you know, being able to create copy on your website, being able to create social media posts, either, like you said, through audio, visual, video, whatever those components are, that's telling your audience, those things that they need to know about you to create that perception of you. Well, Robin, now I'm nervous because that was a fabulous answer to your hot seat question. (laughs) And now I know you're going to come to me with the question. Okay. So my questions probably aren't that hard, but so Allison, I have had the honor of kind of walking along this entrepreneurial journey side by side with you. And I think you know that I treasure your opinion, your expertise, everything about you, I just adore. So the one thing that I hear from my coaching clients a lot is, and, and keep in mind, my ideal audience is, you know, between 40 and 60. Most of them have been in the corporate world. They haven't been dealing with social media. They haven't been putting themselves out there. They haven't had to create this online persona and a brand online. So when I talk to them about using Instagram, which most of the things I know about Instagram are from you, but, (laughs) um, they get nervous. I, they say to me, I hate social media. I don't want to be on social media. It's going to take all of my time. I can't do it. I don't want to do it. So what I would like to know is because I have watched you go from, I don't know, like a thousand and something followers to over 2000 followers, probably closer to 2,500 followers. And I've watched you come out of your shell. I've watched you go from truly polished to truly authentic and coming on in any state and meaning, you know, appearance or whatever, energy, whatever. And I just want to know from your perspective, what do you tell people when they come to you and they have those same excuses? Uh, Well, I'm glad you said excuses because it really is an excuse because I think the biggest thing and building a brand, building your business and showing your authenticity on Instagram or any social media platform, it's not easy. And it's not an overnight thing either. And I think the problem with people who are trying to put themselves out there on social media feel that they have to follow a certain formula that they've learned from another expert, or they need to show up like so-and-so to get X, Y, Z, because that's how they're doing it. So I think the problem is, is we're 
watching way too many people all the time, just continually watching and learning. And I think the problem with that is then we get stuck in that like state of inspiration, which is good in the beginning, right? We want inspiration. But when we don't move out of that state of inspiration and go into like a state of doing, you're never going to figure out how to show up on social media. And the other thing I hear a lot, Robin, is like, well, I'm not confident to put myself out there. And here's something I've learned about confidence. You earn it through doing. You don't get confidence and then start putting your business out there on social media, start doing videos, start showing your face. You actually have to do that first to earn the confidence. So if someone's like, oh, I I just don't know where to start. It's start with one thing. What is one thing that you are known for, you're super good at, just start with the one thing and start putting it out there because you won't learn or really understand or clarify your authentic self until you start doing it. Like that's really the magic to it is do it first, then the confidence and the authenticity will follow. Oh, I love that. And you know, it's true because when my clients have started using it and people engage with them, they light up. They get excited and they start to see potential and hope for the growth of their business. So you're right. And I think it is a lot of times, and you and I have had this conversation many times before about imposter syndrome, and Mm -hmm. maybe we'll circle back to that in another question, but but I really think that that confidence component is, is a big thing, but I think taking action and I know for myself, I can speak to that. Like I used to be terrified of doing video, but the more Mm -hmm. I did it now, it's like, okay, give me some light and here I go. So I think you're right. As we do, as we take action, our confidence builds and that allows us to show up more authentically and not even think about what other people are doing or saying. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that with Instagram reels. In the beginning, I had so many people tell me, I will never do that. No way. Now they're doing it. Mm-hmm. It's just taking that one little step and just learning as you go. And I think you have to realize too, with being an entrepreneur, no matter what you're doing, video, reels, um, just putting your face out there in your Instagram stories, it's always going to feel messy. It doesn't matter what stage you're at being an entrepreneur. It doesn't matter. If you're not growing and if it feels like it's kind of like being in your comfort zone, if it feels good all the time and easy peasy, you're not going to grow. It's always going to feel messy. You are never going to get to that end spot ever. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. As soon as you're in your comfort zone and you're there for more than a day, it's time to move. Mm -hmm. It's time to start shaking things up a little bit because once we're comfortable and secure, that means that we're not growing. Yes. All right. I think this is going to lead into my next question for you, Robin, because we've all faced a major decision in our lives, if not many, (laughs) that have resulted in us choosing to take a left turn instead of going right. Was there a major pivotal moment in your business? Oh, wow. That's a really good question. And There have been several, um, as you know, I started this business as a professional photographer and 
I quickly discovered that I was doing all these things that were not fueling me. Like I was enjoying the photography component, but all the back end stuff I was not enjoying. I didn't like editing. I didn't like, um, you know, having to appease people and all of the complaints of, can you make me look 10 pounds lighter? Can you make me look five years younger? Can you, you know, edit this? Can you take this face of my child and put it on this picture? And I didn't want to do all that. Like I just, that wasn't my thing. And I also knew that strategically I needed to, no, I said that wrong. I needed to be more strategic. I needed to use my gifts of of strategy. And so I transitioned my business to focus solely on headshots and branding photography. And that fueled me. That made me happy. I was working with professionals, like-minded people, and I was able to communicate with them on a level that not only inspired me, but I felt like I was in my element, right? I as you know, I've got my doctorate in pharmacy. So my brain is, is a little bit complex, I guess. I don't know. I'm a total geek, but, um, I needed more. And so being able to interact with professionals all the time was a blessing for me. I really enjoyed it. But when I started working with solely those people, I realized how most people don't have that gift of strategic thinking. They don't know how to build a foundation to set up a brand marketing strategy for long-term success. So they see things that are online and it's like that shiny object syndrome where you have, oh my gosh, they're telling me to do a funnel. Well, I'm going to pay for that funnel system and I'm going to set up a funnel. But you can't do that and set up a funnel and you can't jump into ads without having a foundation and a strong core for your brand that is really and truly the foundation for long-term success. And so when I started seeing this, as I was working with my clients, I thought, I, this, this is it. This is what I have to do. And so that's when I, I'm still doing headshots and branding photography, but I've scaled back and I'm focusing now on coaching and it is just the biggest blessing that I've ever experienced because I'm watching these women find confidence and security, not only in their personal brand, but just with the business world as a whole. And to, so to, to see these people grow and to blossom into who they are and what they're being called to serve as is just to me huge. So I guess I've pivoted twice since I started this business 10, 10 years ago. Yeah. 10 years ago. And those are the two biggest ways that I pivoted. And did you find when you pivoted entering into that coaching space, did you have a lot of like fears as, am I really qualified to teach other people brand Mm -hmm. strategy every single day. And what has helped me is, you know, during, before I even transitioned into full on coaching, I had my build a brand program where I was working with, I had like a team of contractors where I had a website designer, graphic designer, social media manager, copywriter, a videographer. And so I had that experience of teaching people and, you know, working with the copywriter to make sure that the copy was SEO ready to make sure that the, um, you know, the graphic designer was, was just awesome. And we both had very similar visions. So it was easy to work with her. Um, but making sure like the, the 
photo placements on the website were where they should be and how I had envisioned them and just different, different components of building out their, their businesses and teaching them like what messaging to use and what was going to be effective and creating that, those keywords, key phrases to build their business and their brand around. And so that helped me tremendously when I came into coaching, cause I knew I had helped them and I knew that they had all achieved success. You know, they, they had sent me messages saying, oh my gosh, it's working. I have so many new clients or, oh my gosh, I'm going to meet my goals. And now I can leave my nine to five and my side gig is becoming my full-time job and, you know, things like that. So for me, when those fears and, and Allison to this day, they still come up. Mm -hmm. Just last week, I had to sit with my journal and I had to write out and really talk to myself and and get those thoughts out of my head and onto paper and say, okay, here's what I'm thinking, but I am a good coach. I have helped people build their brands and businesses. My current coaching clients are seeing success. Their phone is ringing. They are getting new clients. They are using Instagram for the first time ever, and they're using it successfully. And I could, you know, map out all the things that I've taught them that are influencing their journey. And so for me, anytime I have that imposter syndrome, that comparisonitis, we call it, Mm -hmm. or any type that fear steps into or doubt steps in, I have to go back to the basics of mindset work. And that is what has helped me tremendously. I love that. That's such a great answer, Robin. I hope so. I hope it helps somebody else. (laughs) (laughs) It's helping me. (laughs) Okay. So now that is a great segue as Brenna Uh would call it. A little shout out to Brenna. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Into... My question for you, because we have had this question or this conversation so many times about imposter syndrome, and you are in the realm of everything Instagram, which to me can be very intimidating because you get on that platform and you see all these people who are doing similar things, saying similar things, but at the end of the day, it's really hard to keep yourself in a silo so that you're focused solely on what you're doing. So I want to know from your perspective, how you go on this platform and you're there. I see you posting multiple times a day and I know you schedule all these things, but I know you're going in there because you have to, to engage Mm -hmm. and to, to build relationships. So I want to know how you are balancing all of that, because for me, I had to kind of take a step away and I can't consume before I post. So I want to know how you are doing this because you show up, you are on your game all the time. You're super creative, but I want to know how you're doing it and what you recommend to people who are struggling with all of that on that platform. First of all, thank you for saying that I'm on my game because most of the time I don't feel like I'm on my game. And that's the biggest thing about Instagram and what people need to realize is you're just seeing 10% of what's really going on. It's a highlight reel. You don't see all the behind the scenes, the hard work, the imposter syndrome, the self-doubt, the fears, not feeling worthy. That happens to everybody and it still happens to me. But what I do is I always reflect on two things. I go back to my brand clarity. And that's one of the first things that I ever teach with 
my clients, because they just want to know like what to post, but there's more, you talked about it earlier, the foundational work, same thing with Instagram. You have to really understand your own brand clarity. And it always goes back to two things for myself. When I get stuck in that imposter syndrome, I go back to what do I want to be known for? I keep that in my brain, even though everyone else is doing things for Instagram, the gurus are teaching this, they're teaching that. But I always go back to what do I, as Allison Scholes, what do I want to be known for? And then I go back to what are my intentions for being on this platform? And that's how I stay in control. And I think that's the biggest thing is understanding that you do have control over the app. Don't let Instagram control you. Don't let it control your thoughts. Don't let it control your time. You have the ability to control what you do. And for me, that is just choosing certain little times throughout the day with very focused. Like I'm going to spend 10 minutes and I'm only focusing on posting my newsfeed and I'm going to engage there. And then I get out. Then I'll go in later and go, okay, I'm only going to focus maybe 10, 15 minutes in my Instagram stories. And I'm actually going to leave comments because here's a little tip for the audience. When you actually comment on an Instagram story, you're creating a one-on-one DM, which is a one-on-one conversation. Uh And then maybe later in the day, it's doing something else for a little bit of time. But I think that is the biggest thing is just go back to what you want to be known for on the platform and your intentions for being on the platform. And that's how you're going to simplify the process of being on Instagram. And that's how you're going to control your time. I love that. I love that. And it's a different way of looking at it versus thinking to yourself, okay, I've got to do this because I've got to get clients there. I think if you use your intentions, first of all, have clarity, use your intentions, and then know why you're using the platform. And maybe it is to get clients, but you have to do the other two things first and know specifically why you're showing up there. So I love, I love that answer. That's great. And I think too, we also have to remember to shift the way we think about the platform. It's not about us. It's not about vanity. It's not about becoming popular. I always try to get on there and think to myself, who am I going to help and serve today? Mm -hmm. That's it. It's not about me. It's not about checking how many new followers are got and how many comments I know. Like, I really don't pay attention to that kind of metrics. I only pay attention to what posts are resonating with my audience, looking at the engagement, looking at what's getting saved and shared. And then I will create more content based on that. Yeah, I love that. And that's, you know, I think you probably are really good at using those analytics and finding where the value is really resonating. And that's key. Yes, it is. Absolutely. All right. Now we're going to transition. We were talking a little bit about Instagram and social media. Now I want to talk about podcasting. (laughs) This is a fun one. If you could interview anyone on your podcast, who would it be and why? And they have to be living. Um. I just last week set a goal for myself to get Jen Chinchero on my show. So that's number one. She is the author of You Are a Badass. Yeah, and you okay. are a badass it took me a minute. I'm like, where yeah. have I heard that name? Oh, that's Jen a great Chinchero. one. 
And then, cause she's funny, she's sharp. She's in the second phase of her life. Her first phase was not easy. And then can I give you two? Because yes. the second one, and I'm just going to put this out to the universe is Kathy Heller. And I love her because she is so authentic. She's so no nonsense. She pours her heart and soul into everything she does to serve other people. And our faith, we, we are, she's Jewish. I'm Christian, but at the end of the day, our principles and values in life are so mirrored. So she's the second one. Those two people are my top goals. And regarding Kathy, I follow her on Instagram and I love her videos. Mm-hmm. And when you said authentic, yes, hands mm-hmm. down. When I think of authenticity, she's definitely at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. Oh, such good answers. Yeah. <laughs> I love those yeah. two people. Yeah. Well, I'm an, I want to ask you the same thing. Okay. And I think I know who you're, who at least one of yours is. You probably do. But I want you to say it because I think this is, this is such a pipe dream, but it's so good. And I love this person too. So tell us who it is. If I'm right, if I'm right. If you're right. Well, I actually have two and it was one of my goals this year. And I've been interacting with this person a lot on Instagram. My first one is Ed Milet. He is just- my absolute favorite entrepreneur. He's got a great story and how he is helping people build their dream business, but he's also so about making an impact on people and helping people. So he's definitely my top one. My second one, and this is probably no surprise, is um, the celebrity Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. And he is the actor for Loki and everyone knows how Loki is so involved with my branding, <laughs> right? I would love to have him on my show and just talk about that relationship with that role and how he has in his real life caught himself being Loki, mimicking, manipulating, being a trickster. I think, I just think that would be like the best conversation ever. <laughs> oh my gosh. What a dream come true. Well, let me ask you this. Would you be nervous if you interviewed him? Oh, absolutely. I would be nervous, but you know what though? I would definitely do it. Like, how could you not? (laughs) How could you not? If that opportunity arose, of course, you'd be crazy out of your mind to say no. And speaking of nervousness, I still make, this is a follow-up question for you too. I still get nervous to interview people on my podcast if Mm -hmm. I know them or not. Do you still get nerves? Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Sometimes more so than others. Um, it depends on number one, who they are Mm -hmm. and like what their following is and what their expertise is in and how well I know it. Um, and it also depends on the level of preparedness I've had and, you know, in regards to them, like, I don't, I don't like when I'm pitched and people say, here are the three questions to ask this person. I want to ask what I want to ask. And so sometimes like if it's a big name, I get a little intimidated, a little Mm -hmm. nervous. Um, yeah, I think someone said one time it was in relation to public speaking that if I didn't get nervous, then I wouldn't do as good of a job. So I kind of look at that as like, that's my excitement and wanting to serve them and help them serve my audience in the best way possible. So that's how I look at that. But yes, absolutely. Hands down. I still get nervous. Can you think of a specific guest that you were the most nervous for? Oh gosh. Um, 
There was one that I was really, really nervous, but I can't think now who it was. It was a woman. Um, and I believe she was an author. I can't remember, Allison. <laughs> there was one that really, I was like so nervous. And when I get nervous, my nose sweats. So I was like nose sweating nervous. Um, <laughs> but who was it? I can't remember. But yeah, I've definitely had a couple of times, but don't ask me who. My brain is just, we've, we're on like 100 episode 126 this week. So I've done so many interviews that it's like, I can't remember. Yeah. I think for me, it was Pia Silva. I was so nervous oh. to interview her. That's exactly who it was for me because I interviewed her at the start of my show. She was within the first 20 episodes and you know, my story with her. I think I introduced you to her. And so her book transformed my life. And, you know, when I talked back at your original question about, or maybe the second question about pivoting and she was really responsible for me niching down into headshots and branding. And I was a nervous wreck nervous wreck. And she was so cool and so easy to talk to. (laughs) What I find is that though so many times, and this is a great life lesson because especially even with talking about social media and showing up for our audience, because things seem so much more intimidating than they are. And those people that seem so high level are actually just people like you and me. Like it's, they talk to us just like we're part of their inner circle. And so, yes, that's exactly who it was. I'm oh, so, that so, so glad funny. you said that. So <laughs> glad you said that. And you, Remember and I she said, was awesome. author, woman, yep. author. I knew, yeah, that's exactly <laughs> the first one where I was like, like out of my mind, nervous, you know? And I told her on the episode, I said, I'm like girl crushing over here. Like, <laughs> all right. Do you have, was that your last question for me too about the podcasting? No. Can oh. I ask you? I'll ask you yep. one more because that was kind of your question. So mm-hmm. I, okay. You mentioned reels. Oh, okay. I was one of those people. I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not pointing to words and doing this, but guess what? I did them. You did them. I've done some now. I don't know how many, but here's my question for you because People are so creative and it looks to me like they are putting an extreme amount of time and creativity into these reels. And, you know, what do you say to someone who has multiple lines in their business and limited time to create these fancy reels? Like, what do you say to people? How, how, what strategy can they put in place to do reels and have them be effective without having to spend an extreme amount of time just in creating them. First of all, you don't have to spend a lot of time and you don't have to be like uber creative to get the visibility. That is the whole point of Instagram reels. It is to get the visibility and reach. That's the whole point. I always tell people just start with your voice and your face. I want you to think of something that you are really good at and just take one to two pieces of that content and teach it through your Instagram reels. It is so easy just to hit that record button and say, this is what you're going to learn today. I have two tips, read the caption for the rest of the tips. There's that's the biggest thing is use your face, use your voice and always have a really great call to action. 
That is the biggest thing. That's how you're going to keep people on your reels and increase your visibility. You want people to actually take action with your reel. That's like the biggest thing. So you want to make sure that you have like a text bubble on there that has the call to action. Read the caption for more. Tag a person who needs to hear this. Let me know your recommendation. What did you think about this? What strategy would you add? Which one do you use? Like make sure it's on the video and it's in the caption because that's like the biggest thing. It's just all about visibility. You do not need to be an actor or an actress to be successful with reels. You don't need to be super techie and have all the fancy transitions. It's really just showing up with your face. And if you can, there's like now there's a little slider in Instagram reels. You can use the trending music and put it as a background music. Just turn the volume down. So you have the trending music, but you're not going to stand there and dance and point to text bubbles. Cause I'm not really into that either. <laughs> yeah. Nobody wants to see me dancing <laughs> <laughs> unless it's dark. I've had a couple drinks and I'm in a nightclub, like forget about it. <laughs> and, and it goes back to that confidence thing that we were talking about earlier. You are not, you're not going to get really great at reels by taking a course and then all of a sudden you go on Instagram and you're amazing at reels. It takes putting in the action. Start with the one thing. Just start with your face and your voice and just start putting yourself out there. The more you do it and the more practice, the better you get. And I always batch my reels. So on Fridays is my social media content planning days. That's the day where I will sit down and I will plan. How many reels am I going to do next week? What are they going to be about? Is it going to be value-driven? Is it going to be entertainment? And then I will script it out. It's all done. That's the hardest part is figuring out what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. Actually just hitting record and you can record them in your Instagram stories and then yeah. just download the video and upload it to your reels. You're done. Yeah. Just do that. <laughs> yeah. And I've learned from you too. Sometimes I use Clipomatic because then it has the captions too. And I feel like so many times I'm someplace. When I have downtime, I'm someplace, you know, where I can't necessarily have the sound on. So for me, having those captions is really important because then I can read it. I don't have to necessarily hear it. Um, but yeah, great, great advice. And that honestly, my reels are probably a little boring because it is just me talking most of the time, but I feel like people can connect with me that way. Mm -hmm. They can actually see who I am and understand what I'm saying versus, you know, doing crazy, silly things, which once in a while I put something in there, but. Well, and there's something to be said about that. When you're putting out your value and you're getting the visibility, you're going to get the right people to follow you mm, where point. we have to be careful with those entertainment reels. Granted, you might get the visibility and reach, but you might not get the right people to follow you. Mm -hmm. So that's why I like to kind of use both. Because again, I'm not using Instagram just to grow my follower account for vanity metrics. I don't want to be popular on Instagram. I want to make an impact on Instagram with the right people. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. So be careful with reels. I would definitely mix in your value-driven content for sure, because that's how you're going to get the right people to follow you. Because they're going to go, oh, I need to learn more about branding and strategy. I'm going to follow Robin. <laughs> Yes, yes, follow me. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Awesome. This has been so fun. This Do you has have been more fun. questions for me. 
No, that is it. But you know what? I'm going to think of more. Oh, here's a good one. I just thought of a good one. What is your definition of success? Oh gosh, that's a great question. So for me at the end, at the end of the day, I can look back on the day and have I served someone? Have I blessed someone by sharing my knowledge? Have I given something away for free and yet felt fulfilled within my own journey? I love that. And I love how you pointed out within my own journey, because have you felt being on social media, there's this false reality out there that, or I would say a false definition of success. I feel like it's being taught everywhere of how to make six figures and beyond. And people are associating that with success or they're associating money with success. And I feel like that is just irresponsible as an entrepreneur to put that message out there. Yeah. And I don't know if you follow Michelle Mazur. I had her on my podcast, um, I don't know, a month or so ago and I was on her podcast and she is, she speaks out a lot on the concept of bro marketing and that's what that's called. You know that, Hmm. Oh, and I don't know why the bro marketing is, is the actual name for it, but it's a pet peeve of mine because I don't think that making six or seven figures is what is going to make me happy in my life. I mean, there is that old adage, you know, money can't buy happiness. Well, let me tell you, if you have a lot of money and you can do anything you want, you are pretty much going to be happy. What money's not going to buy you is relationships. It's not going to buy you happiness at the end of the day. If you are just taking all that money and putting it in to yourself. We are meant to serve. God has called each and every one of us to do something for someone else. And to me, that is where I find the most joy is knowing that I have helped someone. And if people are struggling with this, what I like to do is every single night before I go to bed, I grab my journal and I write at least three things that I'm grateful for. And Allison, at the end of the day, sometimes I'm so tired and I'm like, what am I grateful for? What did I do today? I may be grateful for the fact that I had a sharpened pencil because that's all I can think of. But then once I write that down, other things start flowing in. And it's like, oh my gosh, I made so-and-so smile today. I made so-and-so, or I gave so-and-so the opportunity to get a client. Like it could be anything, but the more we, and that's why that definition of success is so important to me because it's, yes, I do like money and I like to make money. And I do look at my books all the time, but that is not what makes me happy. What makes me happy is knowing that I was able to help someone else. And I think you're the same way. Yes, I I, I 100% agree because your bottom line does not define your success. Mm-mm. And doesn't define who you are. Yes. Money doesn't define who I am as a person. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because if, if I had all that money, but I wasn't serving other people, I, I wouldn't be happy. So that would not equate to success. Yeah. Oh, so good. Yeah. Robin, this was such an awesome conversation today. Oh, I just can't wait for everyone to listen to this and I can't wait to hear their feedback. So I'm sure I'm going to have you on the show again. Thanks, Robin. Thank you. I loved it. Thank you for tuning in today. If you love today's episode, then please head over to iTunes, social media for mompreneurs and leave a review. Your review helps grow the show. And don't forget, head to bossladyandsweatpants.com 
to grab all my freebies and hang out with me on Instagram at Allison Scholes. I'll see you soon.